and he is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. And if, he, if all he ever did was save us, listen, we're going to praise him for eternity just on that one thing. And, uh, and then you think about how he daily loads us with benefits. I remember years ago, uh, I was thinking about it because it was right after Timothy was born. And uh, the first message I preached after he was born, I was just so overwhelmed with God's goodness. I, I preached a message on I'm loaded. Amen. Daily loadeth us with benefits. And I may not have two dollars to rub together, but I'm still loaded. Amen. And uh, I hadn't been drinking, but I'm still loaded. Amen. Loaded. Loaded with benefits. Each one of us here. You've got problems, you've got struggles, you've got hardships. We all do. And maybe yours are greater than mine. But, but this I know. We all have been treated much better than what we deserve. Because we deserve hell. And, uh, you know, anything above hell is a blessing. It's a bonus. Even hardships. It's better than hell. Amen. Amen. That, that helps the perspective, doesn't it? We, uh, we're, you know, we got this wedding coming up, and we've been going through some things, trying to get family members there. And things are not working out. So we're kind of down in the dumps about it yesterday. And, uh, and Rachel uh, got word from a pastor, wife, friend of ours, and uh, about some things she's going through, or just something she put on, put on Facebook about God's faithfulness. And so Rachel reached out to her, let her know she's praying for her. And after Rachel got done hearing of the struggle she was going through, she said, she said Mark, we're not going through anything. We're not going through anything. Someone always has it worse than we do. And, uh, and so I'm just, I'm thankful. My heart is full this morning. I enjoyed the, uh, the good congregational music. And that song, How Can It Be? Whew. My. You don't hear that one very often. But what a song. What a song. And uh, I thank God for men and women who are yielded to the Lord to write us good songs. Good songs and minister to the heart. We're in Mark chapter 2 this morning. And I invite you to stand with me as, as soon as you get that passage in your hand. Mark chapter 2, we started this morning looking at this story. And, uh, and I want to continue with that in the morning service. Let me just say this again. I said it in Sunday school, but I want to make sure uh, that everyone hears this. We are very thankful for the good place to stay. And uh, especially when you're not feeling good, you know, if you're just kind of bouncing around from one place to the other, that's hard. But we've got a very comfortable place to stay. And uh, we felt at home being sick this weekend, amen. So I appreciate that. And uh, don't worry, we don't have the bubonic plague, amen. Some of you looking nervous. You're like, oh, what do they got? It's just a common cold, but... Uh, we appreciate the good place to stay, the good fellowship. 
I appreciate your pastor. He's very genuine. And uh, he's become a friend. And I look up to him. And I appreciate your associate pastor. Everybody looks up to him. That's right. I didn't even catch that. That's really good. Uh, I appreciate your associate pastor. And Brother Caleb's been a friend. And I appreciate that. I was noticing, he said, he's, he said, we're good friends right after he was picking on me. And I guess that's the, that's the standard. You know, if you pick on him, you're a good friend. So, he's been a good friend for years, has he? <laughs> Amen. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. Mark chapter 2, we're going to begin reading verse number 1 down through verse 12. And I'll read aloud and you follow along in your Bible. Scripture says, and again he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Blesses me every time I read it. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they, uh, that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately, it's an important word in the book of Mark, immediately he arose, and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. We're taking as our text verse number 4, things between the seeker and the Savior. And we kind of laid the groundwork in Sunday school. And uh, how many of you were, were elsewhere Sunday school hour? How many? You're in, in a class or weren't here, weren't, weren't in, in the auditorium for Sunday school? How many? Okay, we've got a few. I'll do my best to bring you up to speed, and then we're going to preach the message out of verse number four. Uh, and so let's pray and ask God's help upon the message this morning. Our great God, we are thankful that we can come to you in prayer. We're thankful, Lord, that <clears throat> through the veil of Christ's flesh, you open unto us a new way, a better way, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and find uh, grace to help, find, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And Lord, this is a time of need. Lord, there's, there's needs all through this building because every person represents at least one need. So God, we understand that though our needs may be varied, the answer is the same. 
God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful, Lord, that whatever the need of our heart is today, that you can meet it. And Father, I pray that as this man and his friends, as they work through the obstacles to get to Jesus, Lord, I pray that we would, this morning, in our spirit, in our heart, that we would push through any obstacle, that we'd let nothing get between us and you. Father, I pray that you'd give us holy unction, Lord, as we look into the Word of God, not only upon me as the vessel that you use to preach the message, but, Lord, upon each and every believer in this place. God, I pray for the Spirit's help as we look in the Word of God, Lord, that it would look into us, Lord, that we would receive the help that we need. Lord, I pray that there would be no hindrances, distractions. God, I pray that we would keep our minds and our hearts focused upon your Word. Lord, if there's someone here today who is unsaved, Lord, the greatest need of, of any man, any woman, any child, the greatest need is to have their sins forgiven. And so, God, I thank you for forgiving my sins, and I'm thankful for the day that I received that forgiveness, full and free, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I pray if there's someone here today, they've never done that. Maybe they're, they're in church, but they're not in Christ. Lord, I pray that you would draw them by your Spirit, convict them of their sin, convince them of the sufficiency of salvation that's found in Jesus and Him alone. And Father, for the saints, Lord, would you draw us nearer? As the song says, draw me nearer. Lord, we need to be close to your side. We need to be aware of your presence. We need to be affected by a change that only you can make in our lives. And so, God, help us. Help us, Lord, by your Spirit to draw nigh to you and receive the help that we need this morning that nothing would get in the way, that we would keep the way clear and let nothing between. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As we mentioned in Sunday school, here's a man with a great need. The blessed thing is he realizes who can meet his need. And I, we don't know how he heard about Jesus. We don't know if he heard directly or if one of his friends that carried him to Jesus, whether they heard directly of Jesus. But somehow, some way, someone in this story knows that this man needs to get to Jesus. And so they bring him to Jesus Jesus has again entered into Capernaum, and we looked at that this morning, how the Lord passed by again, and aren't you glad that he, uh, he will persist in knocking on our heart's door to try to get us the help that we need? I'm thankful for a, a, a Savior who persists in, in speaking to man. And then, and then we saw that he just preached the word to him. amen? And when they came, and they will come, if you'll preach the word, they'll come. He preaches the word, and then he meets this man's greatest need by forgiving him of his sins. And we looked at this morning that the story very well could have ended with verse 5 where Jesus forgives this man of his sins. And, And this man would have received much more than what he deserved already. Uh, But the Lord, uh, the, the story tells us the Lord heals this man of his sickbed 
not really for his benefit, but for the benefit of all those who saw him. He was a walking testimony of the power of God to forgive sins and to change lives. And so that's what we looked at this morning, although it took us longer to look at it, amen, in the Sunday school time. Now I want to focus in on verse 4. When we think of things between the seeker and the Savior, there's three things I want us to look at here. And uh, in verse number 4 it says, They could not come nigh unto him for the press. There was something in the way between this man and the Lord. And the first thing he mentions is the press. Now, I would love to spend some time preaching about the press. CNN and NBC and ABC and Fox News and MSNBC and HIV and NIV and all the rest of it. But he's not talking about the press. We think of the press when we see the the word the press. He's talking about a multitude of people that are pressed upon the Lord. Jesus is in the house. Verse 1 tells us it was noised that he was in the house. It was much spoken of. And so the word had gotten around. Jesus is in the house. So there's a great multitude of people that have come to Jesus. And we mentioned this morning in Sunday school, maybe some of them are there in sincerity. Maybe some of them are not there in sincerity. But uh, there's, there's, there's a great number of people there. Jesus in his lifetime, and I say this, uh, please take this the right way, from, from the standpoint of the people, Jesus was the biggest show in town. Now, he wasn't there to show uh, in, the, in the sense of he wasn't putting on, he wasn't trying to impress people, uh, but he was trying to reach people. And so when Jesus showed up, people gathered. And uh, the same thing happened with John the Baptist. And John did no miracle. But there's just something about John. People showed up to hear him preach and to see his life. And so there's a great number of people gathered around Jesus. Jesus is inside a house, and there's so many people there. The house is filled, and even around the outside of the house, there's people around this place, and they could not get this man to Jesus because of the press. And the first thing I want us to mention or, or to, to see this morning, the first thing I want to mention is that uh, many times people get between us and the Lord. And in these days, listen, that we've set aside, and you say, well, this is just another meeting. I hope that you don't think it's just another meeting. I hope that you come into this meeting with the idea, we're not just meeting with the friends. We're not just meeting with our brothers and sisters. We are here to meet with God. And, and the Lord Jesus is in this house. The presence of God is in this house. And they're trying to get this man to Jesus because they know that Jesus can meet his need. But the problem is, there's people all around Jesus. They can't get through the people to get to Jesus. And what a picture that is for us this morning. I've seen, listen, I've seen uh, so many people and they know that they need the Lord. They know, maybe they know they need to be saved. Or I've seen saved people, they know they need to get closer to God. But but other people get in the way. They get between them and the Lord. 
Over and over and over we've seen this. Listen, if you want help from God, Jesus is going to have to be the most important person in your life. Well, I'm married. Doesn't matter. Well, I've got children. Doesn't matter. Jesus needs to be number one. He needs to be the the, the first person that you talk to in the morning. He needs to be on your heart above any others. And this man, he realized, listen, it's, it's good. I'm glad that a bunch of people came to hear Jesus. Amen? I'd rather they come to hear him than not. But, but what this man understood, though all these people are here, and maybe the, the great number of them had good intentions. Now, some of them certainly didn't have great intentions or that they would have let this man get to Jesus. Come on, you're in a crowd of people. And, and if, if, if an older person comes up and they're struggling on a cane, you know what you do? You get out of the way. You open the door. You let them in. You try to help them. Well, apparently... They didn't have the same uh, feeling toward this sick man. They, they, had their, they had their spot in the meeting, and they weren't going to give it up. But this man, thank God, this man did not allow the people to stay between him and the Lord. Well, you know, I would serve God, and I would draw an eye to God, but, but you know, you know the, the wife or the husband. Or the children, or my neighbors, or what? What are they going to think? What are they going to say? I don't want people to think I'm a fanatic. Listen, look what Jesus did for us. Well, they're going to think I'm crazy if I if I sell out for God. But I look at what Jesus did. That looks crazy. That looks crazy. Why would somebody give his life? For a bunch of people who, number one, don't know him, and number two, don't love him when they do find out who he is, he came into his own, his own received him not. It's crazy to us to give up your life for people who don't care. But Jesus did it. Why? It was the will of the Father. He did it for your own good in spite of you. Sure, it's going to look crazy if you draw nigh unto God, if you get fanatical about your Christian life, if Jesus becomes the focal point of your life. That's the only place you're going to get your need met. This man, he comes to the Lord. There's this great, great multitude of people. Listen, there were people, there were people inside the house between him and the Lord. And there were people outside of the house between him and the Lord. We're in the church house. Thank God for that. Thank God we're in the church house. And and I would love to believe that every person in this building is here because you want to meet with God. And I'd love to believe that everyone here wants everyone else to draw nigh to God. But that may not be the case. That may not be the case. Now listen, what you have to determine is whether it's the case or not, I'm getting to Jesus. I'm not going to let anybody get between me and the Lord. We were just at a meeting this past week. 
was expecting to see a young man there. A young man that I was very impressed with. I met him about three years ago. Seemed like he was on fire for the Lord. Loved God. I mean, he'd drop everything, drive across the state to get into a meeting if God was there. He didn't show up. He wouldn't come for one night. Come see me. Come hear the preaching. Come hear the singing. Oh, he's in church. But he found some girl. And now all of a sudden, the girl is more important than God. Oh, if he was here this morning, he would tell you, oh, that's not the case. That's not the case. But the fact of the matter is, he has not drawn closer to God since this relationship. He's gotten further away. Let me tell you something, young people. Don't let anybody, anybody, get between you and the Lord. Nobody, nobody deserves that place. Don't let anybody. Now, we got this, we got a son getting ready to get married. I told him, I said, no pressure, son, but we're ready for grandkids. Get with the program, amen? And, uh, and we're all excited about that. Now, the older kids, you know, we have, we have 11 children. So Sarah's our oldest, and, and she's 23. It goes right down to our four-year-old, Cherith. And um, the older kids call our younger kids our grandkids because they say they get away with stuff we didn't get away with. And so that, that, they say, Dad, you've already got grandkids. But I want to test that theory, you know. I want to test that theory. So grandkids come along, I want to see if it's different. Everybody tells me it's different. I'm looking forward to grandkids. You know what, Mama? We can't let the grandkids get between us and the Lord. Don't allow anyone to get between you and Jesus. You say, well, that seems selfish. It seems like, no, listen, you'll have a better relationship with the grandkids, with the spouse, with the children, with your neighbors, with your coworkers. It'll be better with all of them the closer you get to Jesus. You're not sacrificing anything except sacrificing closeness to God if you don't get close to Jesus. Don't let people get in the way. Listen, in these days, in these days, there's going to be somebody trying to get between you and the Lord. Don't let it happen. Let me give you another one. There's people in the way. Then there was problems. They come to, to, to the house, verse number four, they could not come nigh unto him for the press. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. There was obstacles in the way. There were problems. There were things that were between this man and the Lord. Things. It's a great picture for us here. There was a house between this man and the Lord. You know, listen, 
you know what's, what's really, when, when you look at things from God's viewpoint, and you look at things from an eternal viewpoint, you know how silly it is to live for a bunch of boards nailed together? Come on. When, when we get to heaven, we're going to look back and we're going to say, I live for that? I live for a house? I live for money? Come on, we're, we're all suffering through Biden inflation. We know how worthless money is. You hardly move the needle now with a hundred bucks. Barely changes our, our style of life. Now listen, don't get offended at that little comment. Some of you look offended at that. My trust is not in any politician. Let me tell you something about this last election, presidential election. It was God's will. It was God's will. We got what we deserved. Amen. And I, I saw no great revival from 16 to 20. Did you? Anybody see a great revival? Let me tell you, when God's people have revival, when they get desperate, we're too comfortable. God gave us a kick in the pants. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching right there. That's what God did, and I thank God for it. Amen. Well, I was not going to get political. That's not political. That's spiritual. Amen. Where was I? Problems. Things get between. Things get between us and God. In these days, you're going to have stuff pop up. Unforeseen. Situations and circumstances gonna pop up. And you know what the listen, you know what the devil's gonna try to do? He's gonna try to use that and say, Oh, you can't make it tonight. Amen. You know what? I think it'd be good. Just get it settled in your heart right now. Lord, I want to get to you. I want to get in your presence. I listen, there's stuff in my life. There are needs in our heart. Pastor, I was thinking about this the other day. There are things in my life that need fixing that I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what they are. You say, how do you know that? Because it's happened to me before where I thought I was good with something and God revealed something to me through the preaching of the Word, through the study of God's Word. In my time of prayer, God revealed something to me about me that I needed help with, and I didn't even realize it. This man had obvious needs, as we mentioned in Sunday school, but he had a bigger need that he, didn't even, he wasn't even aware of. He was consumed with this bed of sickness he was on, but his greatest need the Lord met first. Your sins are forgiven. There's things about our lives we don't even know we have needs. That's why it's so important to get under the preaching of God's Word. Listen, your pastor has set up this meeting not on a whim, not because it's, well, it's just what we do. 
I know his heart. His desire is that God would meet with us in these days. That God would do something eternal in us in these days. I believe the Lord will honor that. If we'll set aside this time and say, Lord, here I am. I know there, there's some stuff in me that needs to get out. And I can't get it out. I've tried. It's going to take a divine touch. And Lord, would you touch me? Would you speak to my heart? Would you do something no one else can do? There's going to be things, there's going to be obstacles in the way. This, I don't even know whose house this was. We don't know whose house it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the man who was sick. Or he'd have been inside it, right? So whoever's house it was, it wasn't this guy's, but they're tearing the roof off. You know why? Because the presence of Christ and the power of Christ is more important than some structure. It's more important than the outward stuff in life. Can I say this? It's more important than your health. We hear it all the time. Well, there's nothing more important than your health. Well, if you want to put spiritual on the front of that, I'll say, okay, I agree. Your spiritual health is much more important than your physical health. As I mentioned this morning, the Lord could have healed this man's body, but he's still going to die sometime. What shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Most important thing you have is your soul. Your eternal, that part of you that's going to live forever. Let's get focused on what's most important in these days. And that is the presence of power of Christ to be actively at work in our lives. Don't let things get in the way. Look, look, look what it says here. They uncovered it. They uncovered the roof. You know, the Lord, if we'll be faithful to listen, you know what the Lord's going to do? He's going to uncover some things. Now, here, they uncovered it. Now, that'd be a good thing. Whatever you know needs to be uncovered. Just go ahead and uncover it. Well, it says in the book of Proverbs, he that cover this sin shall not prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh it shall have mercy. I love mercy. I love mercy. I'm so thankful for mercy. I wish God would be merciful with me. Just uncover the things you need to uncover. You know what the principle is, the biblical principle? If you cover it up, God will uncover it. And if you can uncover it, God will cover it up. How about that? That's a good deal. I like that. Amen? If you'll confess and forsake, he'll have mercy. There might need to be some things uncovered. And then it says they broke it up. They uncovered all that they could, but then there's some stuff. Man, it, it, you couldn't, they couldn't just uncover it. They couldn't uncover it. It takes... It took some breaking. I wonder what we would allow God to break up in our lives in these days. I wonder what needs to be broken up. You know what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar when he's given him his warning 
about God's judgment? He said this, Break off thy sins by righteousness. Break it off. Break it off. And it's, it's in there, and it's, and it, boy, it's really hard, and I can't, I've tried to get rid of it, I can't get rid of it. Break it off! Well, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt worse if you leave it in there. Break it off. There's nothing more important than getting to Jesus. There's something in the way that's keeping you from the Lord. Break it! Don't allow some sin to keep you from the Lord. Don't allow your past to keep you from the Lord. This man had a past, for sure he did. He was still living with it. His sickness. He didn't let it keep him from the Lord. No matter what condition we come to in the Lord, He can help us. He can heal us. They uncovered the roof. They broke it up. Let me give you the last one here. There's people, there's problems. And then I want you to think about this. After they broke up the roof, the way was clear. There was nothing in the way. There's no people there. There were, there were no obstacles anymore. But there was a problem with distance. He was up here. And Jesus was down here. Isn't that right? You know what they had to do? They had to lower him. He had to go from up here to down here. If we're going to get help in these days, you know what we're going to have to do? We are going to have to humble ourselves. We cannot sit there in those chairs, and those are comfortable chairs. I like those chairs. We cannot sit there and just say, I'm all set. Well, no, nobody's between, and there's no obstacles between. Bless God, I broke off that relationship, and I broke off. The, man, there's nobody near me now. Maybe because you're so obstinate. I don't know. We can, be, we can get a holier-than-thou attitude. Bless God, I'm separated. You're so, you're so separated, God can't even get near you. I believe in conviction, standards, all that stuff, but that doesn't mean you're close to the Lord. You know what you have to do? You know what we have to do? We have to humble ourselves. That's why I like the altar. That's why I love the altar. The altar, you don't come to, to the altar in a position of pride and self-sufficiency. You come to the altar because you have a need. And you come to the altar because you know you can't meet the need. Now listen, you don't have to come to the altar to get your heart right with God. I, I know that. But I'm just saying for me, it helps me to drag that bag of bones and that flesh down to an altar and kneel before a holy God and say, Lord, I need you. Because it is so easy to get lifted up with pride to think we're doing something. We can do stuff. We might even impress each other with what we can do. 
what does that matter in eternity? That's not going to get the healing you need. That's not going to get the help you need. This man had to be lowered. Can I say this? Don't let pride stand in your way. Don't let pride stand in your way. If you're here today and you're lost, don't let pride take you to hell. Everybody thinks I'm saved. God doesn't if you're not. He's the one you're going to stand before, not me. Not anyone else. You're going to stand before God. You're going to answer to God. And you, you can play the game. You can fool everybody. But what good is that going to do you in eternity? Just humble yourself. As God's people, will we realize how much we need Him? Will we own the fact that we are insufficient of ourselves to meet the needs of individuals? That our, our programs and our polish and our, our music and everything that we can provide is not enough without the touch of God? And just say, Lord, I don't know what you want to do in these days, but whatever you want to do, that's what I want done. That's what I want done. I know I need you. Whatever you have planned, that's the most important plan there is. Because when we come to the Lord, we're acknowledging that what He can do, we cannot do. This man, the people... We're in the way, problems, obstacles, issues, they're in the way. And then he had to be lowered. Pride can get in the way. This man's very glad. To this day, he is rejoicing over that day. Remember when you got saved? Does anybody regret that? No. You know what happened when you got saved? Jesus touched you. Now why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't you want him to touch you again? I'm not saying get saved again. Amen. I'm a Baptist. Amen. I know my doctrine. You know your doctrine. But I'm saying for him to touch our lives to bring hope and healing and health to our spirit. We need that. As, as I travel around the country, I'm not seeing any great move of God. I know I'm supposed to say, you know, thousands have been saved and revival sweeping the land, but it's not happening. Not that I'm seeing. Why is that? Is it because God's dead? No. Has he changed? Absolutely not. Where's his power? Where it's always been. I believe if we'd humble ourselves, we might experience the power of God in our lives. In these days, in these days, 
And may these days just be the beginning of what God wants to do in our lives. Maybe these days will serve as a kickstarter to a renewed, deep, close, intimate relationship with God. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. I'm not as close as I need to be. I'm not as close as I want to be. The old flesh, he's had enough. He doesn't want any more. But I've determined I'm not going to let the flesh dictate my life. Because there's something of far greater importance than this old flesh. Maybe there's something between you and the Lord. Maybe you know exactly what it is. Maybe you don't really know what's going on, but you know something's not right. You know, a wonderful prayer the psalmist gave to us, the Lord gave to us through the psalmist. Search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me. Search me, try me, lead me. I believe that'd be a prayer that the Lord would honor if we sincerely, from our heart, pray and ask God, Lord, I need to draw nigh to you. Will you help me? Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Lord, I, I thank you for this meeting. I thank you, Lord, for the desire in a church to draw nigh unto you, to set aside some days, not just to come and be entertained or come and enjoy one another's company, but, Lord, to come to meet with you. Lord, we know that you meet with us individually, and there's something special when we collectively meet together to ask your spirit, your presence, to be manifest to us. And Lord, I pray that each one of us who are saved, in sincerity, we would draw nigh to you. You promised, if you'll draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. Lord, I know that's true. You've proven it to me time and time and time again. Lord, for those who may be here today unsaved, I pray for the sinner. Lord, help them to see that they are a sinner. Their sin separates them from you. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He took our sin... All the punishment for that sin he bore upon the old rugged cross. And he rose again. God's stamp of approval upon the sacrifice that he made. He rose again and offers eternal life to all who will trust him. Lord, would you draw that soul to you today? May Jesus receive glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray.